What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. Wade Neely here, sports editor of the Pulaski Citizen. So good to be with you guys. Episode 9, and we're smack dab in the middle of the month of October. Spooky season is in full effect, and we've got a great show on hand here today. Our special guest will be none other than University of Tennessee Southern men's soccer coach Brett Bolin. Great sit-down with Coach Bolin about the Firehawks. They are absolutely flying. Had a nice win last week versus a ranked opponent. Uh, and then they had a very hard-fought loss versus the number two team in the nation on the road this past weekend. So great to catch up with Brett. Uh, always a friend of the program. Uh, been knowing uh, Coach Bolin for a long time. Uh, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Uh, but we always have a good time when we're together. So excited for that segment with you guys. Kind of diving right in week that was here in Giles County. Only one of our area teams, uh, in Tennessee at least, was in action last week as Richland enjoyed their bye week after that tough loss to Collinwood on homecoming. But Giles County goes on the road, gets a nice win, 56-6, to and really kind of looked like the Bobcats are supposed to look in region play. They put up 50 points in the previous week versus Watertown, but they didn't look quite in sync whatsoever. And uh, they looked much improved last Friday versus Grundy County. That game was on the road at Colmont. Chris Bledsoe and I had the broadcast. If you want to go back and listen to it, you can catch all of our games from Pulaski Citizen Live, both Richland and Giles County, by downloading the Mixler app and searching PCL GCHS or search PCL Richland. So let's dive right in. 56-6. to six. Uh, The game really was out of hand early as Giles County won the toss. And from the toss, Bobcats head coach David O'Connor kind of electing to send a message. He says, we want to receive. And the Cats quickly went down the field. They scored in just two plays. Johnny Jackson gets a scoring play going on a 25-yard quarterback keeper as Giles County races out to an 8 to nothing lead. Uh, Grundy County battling hard. They're 4-2, but uh, had just not quite played the caliber of opponent like Giles County as uh, they were outmatched. Their starting quarterback actually gets injured on the first drive as well. So it goes from bad to worse uh, in that one if you're a Grundy County fan. From there, Kamari Turner gets on the board. He had two rushing touchdowns and uh, an extra touchdown, which I'll mention in just a second. But 14-0 GCH leads. Teams kind of traded turnovers. I will say, Jackson did not throw the ball very well. Uh, had minimal completions. I think he finished uh, four of nine. I think your official stat line last Friday night, but uh, Giles County was able uh, to get by with, without a great passing performance from Johnny Jackson, which is okay. Um, definitely a chance to improve coming up this week. So a couple of interceptions. Game really kind of got cracked open when Kamari goes in for his ses- uh, second rushing touchdown, makes it 21 to nothing. And from there, uh, Tate Bedford, the freshman. Chris Bledsoe has been on this guy from the jump. And he said, this freshman is outstanding for Giles County. His touchdown, scoop and score defensively, makes it 29 nothing. That's your score at the end of the first. Kareem Bryant got another defensive touchdown for Giles County. Uh, good to see Kareem getting involved on the defensive side. His pick six made it 36 nothing. And then right before the half, I told you Kamari had another touchdown. He takes a pitch, rolls out to his right, and does his best Peyton Manning for the Derrick Henry fans out there. Throws one into the end zone. Dylan Williams wide open for the score. 43 to nothing is your halftime score there favoring Giles County. Second half scoring, you had a touchdown from Exorion Randolph. 
who really had a nice uh, night on the ground, had over 150 yards rushing. And then you had a pick six, 49 yards, almost 50 yards for Cooper White, who's done a great job really as a backup cornerback. But now with the injury to Tyreek Brown, he's definitely stepping into his own. And Chris uh, made a great point on air Friday. He said, I don't know that you could take this kid out of the lineup even when Tyreek comes back. So Cooper is definitely improving the overall level of the defense for Giles County. And it was good to see our guy Cooper White get a pick six. 56 to 6 is your final. Giles County uh, is unbeaten in region play. They've now won five in a row and they get community on Friday night. We'll have more on that uh, in the big finish. Ardmore scored first. They got on the board with a safety, but they fall 35 to 2. Head coach Jonathan Snyder's bunch going on the road, suffering a tough loss to Fairview. Uh, wishing those guys the best because, man, it is a lot of fun when Ardmore gets rolling, but unfortunately, with just one win on the season, they are not rolling uh, at the moment. Uh, this show is being recorded a little early. I'll fill you guys in on the backside, but uh, we're filming on a Tuesday. Show still dropping on Thursday. And the Giles County Lady Bobcat soccer team has uh, at least advanced to the district uh, semifinals. They got a quarterfinal win versus Marshall County last week as Lawrence County forfeited. Uh, their opening round, uh, their for they forfeited their tournament, essentially. So Giles County slid up one of the seeds, and they got to host Marshall County. Eight to two is your final score there. Giles County runs away with that one. And again, uh, on Tuesday night of this week, they were set to play Franklin County in the uh, district tournament semifinals. So who knows? Uh, that's the beauty of recording this on Tuesday. We're hoping for good things uh, for the Lady Bobcats. They're playing well. And again, 8-2 to two versus Marshall County. Maybe that offensive confidence will kind of carry over. Uh, swinging it around the horn, fearless forecasters. We don't have a paper in hand because we're filming this again on Tuesday. But I can tell you guys, not a great week for your boy. 8-8. Eight and eight. I went out on a limb. I did not think uh, – I wasn't feeling confident, I should say. About, uh, but I'd already kind of puffed my chest out and I said Texas A&M was going to beat Alabama. Alabama is not back necessarily, but uh, Texas A&M uh, gave them a little bit of a game until the, the Crimson Tide pulled it away. But even though Alabama is not back all the way, in my opinion, they're still kind of sitting there in the driver's seat. And even with that loss to Texas, uh, they very much are in play for a college football playoff berth as long as they can potentially take care of business the rest of the way in the regular season. And then obviously we know if you beat Georgia, potentially who's undefeated in the championship SEC championship game, you're going to be one of those teams selected for the playoff. I mentioned Texas, not back. Sorry, folks. Uh, not all the way back, at least. They kind of like Alabama will have a chance to play their way back into it, though. Could see Oklahoma a little bit later in the Big 12 championship game. What a fun game. Every year I send out a tweet saying, I really wish this was the year I decided to go to the Red River shootout. And uh, unfortunately, that was the case again this year because I wasn't obviously there. But uh, every year I watch it. I love the game. And uh, what a great game as uh, Coach Venables knocks off uh, Coach Sark down there at the State Fair. So Tennessee's got a big game versus Texas A&M this week. But uh, forecasters went 8-8. Eight and eight. Not a great uh, week for me, but uh, brighter things are on the horizon. I can promise you that. So uh, with all that being said, we are going to take a timeout. I mentioned that head coach Brett Bolin is our special guest this week. He's the UT Southern men's soccer head coach as the Firehawks got a win versus number 25 Life University last week. 
and then went on the road and battled. They actually led the contest one nothing, but uh, ultimately fall two to one versus the number two team in the nation on Sunday of last week, just a couple of days ago in Dalton State. So kick it out to our interview with Coach Bolin, and then when we come back after that, we'll wrap it up with the big finish. This is from the press box with Wade Neely, and we're back right after this. He shoots and he scores. Welcome back in another segment here on From the Press Box with Wade Neely. We're coming to you live from UT Southern's East Campus. We're at their gorgeous indoor facility and we're with the main man. He's our good friend. He's interim men's soccer head coach Brett Bolin. And coach, first of all, thank you for joining uh, us this afternoon. And man, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'm so glad to see you back here on campus. Obviously, the, the atmosphere hasn't been nearly where it needs to be without you being here, but it's, it's so great to have you back there. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're not paying for any of that stuff, so uh, but I appreciate the comments nonetheless. Hey, let's uh, dive right in. We're coming uh, here. To, we're filming this. Uh, on a Tuesday show will air on Thursday. And you guys just had another grueling set of games in the Southern States Athletic Conference. Last Thursday, you got a nice win versus a ranked team uh, in Life University. And then on Sunday, you go on the road, had an early lead and ultimately fall two to one at number two in the nation, Dalton State. Kind of been a whirlwind, it seems like, for you guys. Definitely. The, the conference we're in, the Southern States, is, in my opinion, obviously, me being biased, it's most. It's the toughest conference in the league right now. And top four teams in the conference are ranked top 25, top 20 at one point. We uh, had a tough couple of losses in Mobile and William Carey, top teams. We got a good result against Life. We did really well. That was at home, so we're very good at home. Go to Dalton up 1-0 late in the game. And just didn't fall for the guys. They did everything I asked. It was a great it was a great effort that was put out, and it hit them hard. Uh, got, gave away a couple of set pieces towards the end. Mm -hmm. Tough loss, but looking forward from that, we know now that we can compete against top-level teams in the country because they're ranked number two at the time, and we show some vulnerabilities on their side. So it was good to see that moving forward. Absolutely, and I caught you guys at a match at uh, Grissom Pitch earlier this season, but haven't had a chance to see conference play. Uh, a lot of folks that maybe haven't kept up with you, you see the loss uh, to William Carey, you see the loss to Mobile, and you think, ah, maybe – they're not going to be right where we thought they were going to be. But then you guys turn around and you got the win versus life. You got the uh, tough result at Dalton. Uh, I guess, what does that say about the makeup of the psyche and just overall grit, I guess, of your team right now? So it's kind of been an up and down year. When it comes to results that we had earlier on in the year, we were undefeated for the first four games with a couple of very good wins. One at Tennessee Wesleyan, who was receiving votes at the time, mm -hmm. and another one at Milligan, who was receiving votes at the time, too. And then we get a tough loss to Cumberland that played really well on the day. And we were in a good spot. And then as soon as you hit that conference, it's a different it's a different level, you know. And going to William Carey and Mobile in the same weekend, I think the number seven and ten teams respectively mm -hmm. in the country, it's always tough going away from home. Uh, early early morning, had we had to travel the same day we played William Carey, which is six and a half hours away, which is tough. And not to make excuses, but – it's it's definitely not something that some of these kids are used to yeah. coming into college. But going from there, I think it was a good turning point because we 
kind of reevaluated ourselves. We had a couple injuries, and we turned around and said, well, we are better than this. And it obviously came to the life game at home, being able to get a good result where I think we were in control the whole entire time. And so we took that momentum into Dalton. And being able to not get a result at Dalton isn't exactly ideal, but the way the guys did compete and how it hit them was very – it was very good to see from my standpoint because going back from William Carey Mobile, we didn't look like we could compete yeah. there for a while. We didn't. But then the guys kind of turned it around themselves. Nothing to do with me by any means. They, they kind of took it on their own. Mm-hmm. And now going forward, they're going to see, okay, we can definitely compete. What's our next steps? And we obviously have a couple of tough matchups coming up that we want to, we want to take advantage of. Uh, you guys, uh, and I guess I'll ask you just direct, are you still kind of, are you guys still learning a, a little bit about uh, the team, both as the teammates and you as a, a first-year head coach? Uh, because uh, it seems like momentum is such a key with you guys, and it seems like y'all have a little bit of momentum right now. And I'm just curious, are y'all still kind of even just figuring each other out a little bit? Yeah, it's a great question because you're dead right. And me stepping in to that head role late in the season is the, none of these kids really I've I recruited, honestly. And so being able to try to step in and find out what's the best uh, 11 we need to put on the field mm-hmm. and what is the best 11 in certain positions we need to put on. And we're still learning each other. to a fa- And some of these freshmen, they're not going to they're not going to get clicked into the lineup until, you yeah. know, the second part of the season, which mm-hmm. is uh, coming up, here, you know. And so it is a learning process for myself included because I want to find out how I'm going to make these kids successful in their own right, whether it's me changing positions for them, me kind of changing the roles that they play. Yeah. And it's something that we're definitely still working on, that I'm still working on. But I will say that the guys have taken it in stride, and they're doing really well to help me out in that sense. And we have a few leaders on the team that have been helping me out, and we – and some of these leaders, they haven't played the past couple of games. My uh, uh, Constantinos, my Greek guy, mm-hmm. and Carlos Galan, my senior, uh, my uh, junior captain, there they haven't played the last couple of games, and these are important people for us. And so other players are having to step in these positions that maybe something they're not used to. And so it's something that they're going to have to adjust to as the season goes on. But they've done a really good job for the most part. Still a lot to learn from all of us. I was getting ready to ask, too, uh, individually, who are some guys uh, maybe that are – uh, exceeding expectations, or who are some guys that you could kind of see them still coming into their own and they're really maybe even just now getting uh, ready to take off for the second half of the year? So just off the top of my head, when it comes to newcomers, we have uh, we have an incoming transfer, Cameron Guy Rostand, who he, he's come in and he didn't get eligible till about six games into the season, mm-hmm. I'd say, and he's coming and stepped into a role that's very important for us in the middle of the field. And he's finally getting catching up to the speed of play, which is important because you can play all you want off to the side, but yeah. once you get into a game mm-hmm. and you get that incorporated, it's, it's especially difficult. conference games. Especially conference games. His first game was against uh, William Carey University. Oh wow! Man, so number sixteen. <laughs> get, get on in, in there. Yeah. So the first thing he does is come in and he bodies somebody off of the ball, which is great to see. And everybody saw that from the our bench area. It's like okay, good. We're glad mm-hmm. we got him. Uh, we have a freshman French kid, Noah Yagubi. Yep. He's been fantastic. He's an Olympic Marseille Academy kid, so he's obviously played at a high level back mm-hmm. home. And he's come in and really incorporated himself straight away. His first game was against Tennessee Wesleyan, where he got subbed in, scores a goal straight away. So what a way to come in. Uh, some of the upperclassmen that have done really well, Kenshin Yasujima, he's, he's been good because he's asked, he's starting to ask what I'm – or he's starting to do what I'm asking him to. Right. He he kind of came in and he wanted to do things that have worked out for him in the past, 
sometimes the way personnel is, you have to change things, and he's now doing things. I'm asking. He's starting to get a lot more successful in the attacking third, which is great. Uh, there, and honestly, there, there's a lot of things that are positive in our group, but and I, I wish I could go through every single one of them, but we don't have that type of time. Yeah, well, every, everybody's playing well. You guys are kind of clicking. Um, kind of as we – it's crazy to think about, but we only have a handful of matches left in the regular season, and then we'll start getting ready for that uh, uh, very treacherous postseason run. Um, including two big games. Like I said, this will air on Thursday. You guys got a big showdown versus Middle Georgia on Thursday here at home, and then you got Bruton Parker on Saturday. And for those that have kept up with the teams, those are games where you're saying, okay, UT Southern should win those games. But you know as well as I do, uh, nothing is uh, – you can't take anything for granted in this league. So you got two tough games, again, even though they're at home this week. Yeah, again, it's a, it's a tough conference, and these are two teams that – on paper and record-wise, they look like they're struggling, but I've been watching film, and they're good teams. And yeah. when you, once you get to this level, it's teams are so good about being organized and knowing what they need to do to get a result that it's going to make it difficult. There's not one single easy game in this conference. It's It could be – it could look like it's an easy result, but it definitely – that's not ever going to be the case. When we went to William Carey, the result looked 3-1. We had the ball most of the time, obviously, yeah. and so the scoreline doesn't represent how the game goes. And some of these games that I've watched and the results from these other teams look like it's an easy result, but watching the game, there's nothing easy about it. And so we definitely want to make sure we're bearing down, focusing, trying to get at least six points on the weekend. Absolutely. And uh, this weekend also we're going to celebrate Senior Day on Saturday. And uh, having been a part of so many of those with you guys here at the college, I know how uh, important of a day that is. Um, Tell us a little bit about your senior class, maybe just in your short dealings with them. Uh, how, how does that process go? Because, like, hey, guys, uh, I know I, you know, I didn't maybe necessarily recruit you or bring you in, but uh, we're still wanting to celebrate what you've done. Yeah, they're like sons to me. That's what I tell them all the time. Exactly. Like sons to me. I just met them this year a couple months ago. Um, first of all, I had to figure out who the seniors were. Because <laughs> yeah. Because with the way COVID works now and how the COVID year – there's kids who are juniors that are saying, no, I'm done this year. There are kids that are written down as seniors. It's like, no, I still got two more years of eligibility, yeah. whatever it is. So being able to figure that process out first and then going from there um, and finding out, obviously I know who the seniors are, who their last year is. And we're going to be, we're, we're going to be losing some, not just good players, we're going to be losing some good kids, man. And, yeah. And with that being AJ, our keeper, who's been a solid leader for us, uh, Cedric in the back, who's been, you know, stone cold in the back. Uh, Kota in the back, so our two center backs that have started every game for us virtually, they're going to be gone. Mm -hmm. And especially lately, Kota has been unbelievable because we haven't had Tino, so we haven't had Carlos, who are right. virtually the... captains. Mm -hmm. So Kota has stepped into that role, and he, he's and and I and I ask all the kids all the time, like, well, what do you think? What what are you most comfortable with in this scenario? I know what I like to do as a coach, but ultimately, you guys are out there. So what's going to be the easiest for you? And Kota and Cedric have been really good at being able to help because it's it's tough. It's tough results, so you want to make sure that you're getting the best out of your players. Uh, some of the other seniors that are coming out uh, are, are players that, man, they're, they're just great people, and I've not had a problem with any of them, and I think that's the best. Some I know some people sometimes maybe elsewhere will be like, well, we're going to be glad to be moving him on. I'm not yeah. going to be happy to be moving any of these kids on, but I am glad that they are going. To, to be able to extend their professionalism as well. Absolutely, and uh, it's funny. You mentioned the COVID year and uh, kind of losing track of some of the guys. 
I think finally, safely, securely, Reese Ashurst has exhausted all of his eligibility. Is that right? He's our guy, you know, and he'll be watching this. Uh, uh, he's one of those kids. I think he was around for a little close to a decade, and so he's finally gone, I think, could now, be, right? Yeah, uh, could be making a cameo appearance maybe this next game. You never know. You yeah. never know. Don't want don't to drop any uh, – don't want to spoil anything. But That no, was unscripted, I, by the way, folks, <laughs> for the record. Reese, uh, I actually asked Reese to try to come and help out straight away. Uh, and he's been a player I remember back for the first time I was here, yep. uh, recruiting him to come here and keeping up with him and keeping seeing what he's done has been amazing. Um, he he won't be making an appearance, but I, I hope he can at least maybe come because he said he's going to be coming to some of the games. I hope he's yeah. one of the games because he's definitely a, a player in our program that has definitely made our image a, a positive image outlook throughout the country. And and that's something that I kind of wanted to touch in too. You guys uh, celebrate family and culture uh, a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of great teams do it here at the, at the university, but um, seems like you guys really embrace whether it's guys going on to coach at the next level, like we've seen with another good buddy of ours, Stephen Lenny, you know, so those type of guys or just kids just coming back to campus. Seems like that's what you guys really try and pride yourselves on as a program. Yeah, that's Stephen Lunny. Uh, don't know, obviously, the guys know that uh, he's coaching at the Division One level now. Yeah. Uh, University of Louisville, and which is an unbelievable uh, accomplishment because he's done so well at uh, Lipscomb that he's gotten a chance to move to a Division One Power Five ACC. Um, there's been other uh, players that have gone on to coach elsewhere. Obviously, back even in the old days, you have Matty Torn. Yeah. Who is up there uh, down there? Sorry, at AUM doing great things. Uh, we, we definitely try and get the kids to enjoy themselves while they're here. Uh -huh. And we like to show them that, hey, listen, this doesn't have to be the end of the road for you. Now, we want you to be able to graduate with whatever major, and we want you to go into that type of business, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But you can always know that if you wanted to get your foot in the door when it comes to coaching, we're always here to help. And it's great to see that so many of our ex-players have gone on to at least – Maybe they haven't gone straight into coaching college aspect, but they stuck around the sport somehow, whether it's somebody that's involved in the sports management aspect, like uh, how Ryan Hooper was involved yep. in the sports management aspect. And then uh, we have kids that have gone back home to help out with the recruiting agencies to send us players. Yeah, uh, yeah. To get that's a different type in. of uh, different next level. That's chess and checkers that's, type situation. Yeah, and I wish I was uh, the brains behind the outfit. Yeah. There's no doubt that I wasn't. But, yeah, no, it's great to see we obviously want to make sure that when the parents do come and visit that their kids are here and they're comfortable. And so it makes that an easier process for them as well. I guess I'll ask you too. You were uh, an employee at Martin Methodist College. Now you're obviously here at UT Southern. Um, and we love having University of Tennessee Southern right here in our backyard. And I guess I'm just curious, um, what have you noticed? What, uh, uh, I guess just your overall takeaways on the ability now to say that, hey, we're a part of this UT system, which I think is just a fantastic thing whether it's recruiting or just image-wise for you guys. I think it's a fantastic thing as well. Um, I'm a big UT fan. You know, you yeah, Knox yeah, fan, so yeah. it's a lot more orange, and yeah. I'm completely fine You're with okay that. with that. I'm completely fine with a lot more orange. I love it. Uh, the, the main thing I think is what's so great is the process of being able to transition into it has gone pretty, in my opinion, pretty smoothly. Now, granted, yeah. I got in here a bit late, but just remembering from what it was in the Martin Methodist days from what it is now in the UT Southern days, I, I, there is some differences, but it's, I think, going in the right direction. It's trending in the right direction. Being a state school is beneficial, I think, to us. I think it's going to be beneficial for the long run. I love Martin Methodist. I love the time I had here at Martin Methodist. 
uh, and I think UT Southern has done just as well to make my time here so far unbelievable. Yep, I couldn't have said any better my, uh, myself, friend. And any other final thoughts? Again, we've got Middle Georgia here on Thursday. We've got Senior Day on Saturday versus Bruton Parker. Those are the last two home matches for the regular season, or there one or two one more? One more uh, against Thomas University. Thomas comes to us, which is also a good side, a good team. They've had a couple good results. They drew to Mobile, which is a team that we struggled against. So it's again, it's just it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. It's definitely for that. The women's start this. Uh, they start at four, and they're okay. going to be at six thirty this Thursday. Which, so if you have a chance to get out here, we'd love to have every single person we can. And obviously on the weekend, we're at uh, 1 and 3.30, I believe. So uh, we'll actually, sorry, we'll actually have the senior uh, senior recognition on Saturday in between the men and women's okay. game. So that will probably push back the game time for us a bit. So we'll, we'd love to have as many people out as we can. We want to try to grow this in the community. We've already started to get some youth camps going, oh, yeah, some yeah. day camps going. and. Youth camp we had this summer, it was blistering hot. But I saw the photos. That, I mean, I've never seen so many bucket hats on coaches before <laughs> in my whole entire life. It was blistering, but it was a great time. The kids enjoyed it, and we want to make sure that we're keeping that going throughout because ultimately we do want to make sure that we're being recognized in the community and help out and do everything we can. We want to build blast. Yeah, community service, alumni relations, great quality program, uh, University of Tennessee Southern name and image now. You guys have got it going on. Coach Bowling, good to see you as always, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll catch up soon. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. That was uh, a great sit-down with head coach Brett Bowling. He is the men's soccer head coach here at University of Tennessee Southern. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we will wrap it up, folks. It's big finish time. As you are watching from the press box. We'll if you're in the market for new equipment, come to Countryside Outdoor Power Equipment in Springfield. We are your one-stop shop for all of your outdoor projects and needs. We have a large selection of Echo Power equipment and a full line of bad boy mowers and tractors. We also have a broad inventory of outdoor storage buildings and provide maintenance and small engine repair on most equipment. We also carry a large line of mower engines and parts for great financing options. Stop by Countryside Outdoor Power Equipment today. Welcome back, folks. Coming to you live again at Citizen Headquarters here in downtown Pulaski. Always great to catch up with my man, Brett Bolin. So good to have him back on campus. He was the assistant for a long, long time there at uh, Martin Methodist College slash UT Southern. Went to the Division II ranks coaching women's soccer, and now he's back as the head men's soccer coach. Best of luck to the Firehawks this weekend, uh, Thursday versus Middle Georgia and Saturday versus Bruton Parker. Thank you again, Coach Bolin, and thank you to all of our friends at UT Southern, especially you, Mr. Guy Schaefer, for uh, helping behind the scenes to make all that happen this week. Uh, real quickly, we're going to get you out of here with the big finish. Here's your recap, or here's your preview of the weekend. Uh, Giles County is at home this week versus Community, as uh, the Bobcats will celebrate homecoming. Richland is on the road. Richland's on the road for the rest of the regular season. They're at Summertown. And then the following week, uh, they hit the road for a matchup at Eagleville. And then they close it out with a Thursday night matchup in the final week of the regular season at Moore County. So Giles versus Community, Richland uh, at Summertown. A chance for the Raiders to get back in the win column. Scott Stewart uh, said it in our citizen office earlier this week. This is a good get-back game. Good to get back in the win column for the Raiders. Good to get back to some positive momentum as uh, they got two huge region games to close out the rest of their regular season. Um, as we look ahead, I mentioned the Texas A&M-Tennessee games, one I'll be keeping tabs on this weekend. 
as uh, we kind of start tickling into the month of October, all these big conference games start creeping up, uh, including a mammoth showdown in the Pac-12, which continues. Crazy to think about. In its final year, the Pac-12 is just having such a great year. But you got Oregon versus Washington. That's your game of the week. Uh, a lot of folks in our fearless forecasters predicting Oregon to win. I thought maybe some folks would lean toward Washington, so I picked Oregon. I think they're the better team. I think they win. But uh, was kind of hoping that a few more people would pick Washington so I have a chance to maybe move up in the standings there. And uh, I mentioned Friday your game at com uh, versus Community. I will not be there. Uh, getting ready to head across the pond. The Titans are playing this weekend in uh, England and versus the Ravens, yours truly. I'll be at the game on Sunday when they take on the Ravens from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's going to be a fun trip. It's going to be an electric time. Nashville loves to throw a party, whether it's in Broadway or whether it's in London. And uh, the Titans contingent will be well represented and uh, should be a fun one on Sunday. I'm hoping, begging that the Titans get a win again. Uh, so Chris Bledsoe and Andy Abernathy will have your call on the broadcast uh, Friday night. And then next week, we will not have a new show per se. It will be our 10th episode, which I'm very excited about, but we'll have kind of a compilation of some of our favorite interviews throughout uh, this process here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in each and every single week, whether you're tuning in on our social media channels or whether you're tuning in just prior to your kickoff of the Richland or Giles County games. Cannot thank you guys enough. That is this week's edition of From the Press Box. I will see you in two weeks' time. Go Bobcats, go Raiders, go Ardmore Tigers. And thank you guys. We'll see you next time. This has been From the Press Box with Wade Needle. So long from Citizen HQ.